0: Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Pastor Isaac, and you are about to watch a sermon from our new series, Once Upon a Time. Throughout the Gospels, Jesus would always share what it's like to be a member of the Kingdom of God through what we know as parables. And uh, we want to be able to have these sermons be able to articulate the Gospel in a powerful way through the parables of Jesus. And we know every single week people from uh, the YouTube family or from our church family are being blessed by these sermons. And if uh, you're being blessed by this particular sermon, I encourage you, leave a comment, write something in the caption below. uh, Or also you could give financially to our church so that we could get these sermons out and be able to reach more people uh, for the glory of God. Uh, And you could do so on the link provided below. Thank you so much. God bless, and enjoy the sermon. All right, here we go. Matthew chapter 20. We are in a series. If you are new here, um, we are in the middle of a series called Once Upon a Time, and for the fall, we're going to be studying the uh, different parables that Jesus spoke. Jesus spoke through these short stories, how he would articulate how uh, he runs his kingdom, how he uh, treats lost people, and we learned uh, a couple weeks ago about the parable of the sower, and Last week, we uh, learned about the parable of the Good Samaritan. It's amazing how there are so many good people out there. Last night, uh, Diamond and I, we uh, uh, rode our bikes to the See Here Now music uh, shindig. And uh, it was awesome. On the way back, um, and this was the first time Diamond and I rode bikes in like, in like 10 years, like legit 10 years. And so uh, we're going back, and the chain on Diamond's bike just fell off. And, and I, I'm like, I've no idea how to fix this. <laughs> you know? and, and so I, I, it was unbelievable. Every single person stopped whatever they were doing, whatever they were wearing, and, and just got down on their hands and knees to fix this. Like one person failed, and then he left. Another person came, he failed. And then finally, the nicest dressed man at the entire See Here Now Festival, rocking like a Rolex watch, gets down on his hands and knees and fixes Diamond's bike so that we could get home and I could preach this, this marvelous sermon to you this morning. There are some great people out there, and you need to be a person like that, looking for, for hurts, looking for a way to uh, save the day for somebody else. Yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome. So we, we made it here, and um, my biking days are just starting. I liked it. I enjoyed it. All right, here we go. Preach, Pastor Isaac. Preach. Here we go. Matthew chapter 20. Um, this is a parable. I'm going to read the next 16 verses of the Scripture. Just bear with me. It says, uh, once upon a time, Jesus began telling this story. He said, for the kingdom of heaven is like this. Okay, how's, how's the kingdom of heaven? How's the government that God um, runs? How, what's it like? It's like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. And he agreed to pay them a denarii for the day and sent them into his vineyard and so about nine in the morning he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing so he told them you guys go also work in my vineyard and I'll pay you uh, whatever's right notice the the first group he had a contract with now you work for the full day and I'll pay you a denarius and now he needs some more help so he brings these other guys in at nine a.m. Uh, And then he went out again at noon and again at three in the afternoon and did the same thing. And about five in the afternoon, he went out again, finding others, finding others still standing around. And he asked them, why are you doing nothing, just standing here all day? And they responded, because no one has hired us, they answered. And then the man, the owner of the vineyard said, you also go in my vineyard and work. And then when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to the foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and then going with the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came in and received their denarius. So those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But when each of them also received a denarius, when they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. That's not fair. I worked all day, and these jokers came in at the last minute and got paid the same as me, and those who were hired last only worked one hour, they said, but you have made them equals to us, and we were the ones that did the heavy lifting and bore the burden of the hot day and and did the heavy work, but the landowner answered and says, am I being unfair to you, friend? Didn't you agree to work for Denarius this morning? Take your pay and go. I want to give to the one that I hired last the same as I've given to you. What right do you have to complain? Don't I have the right to do what I want to with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. The title of this morning's talk I want to share with you on the topic of God's not fair. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this morning, Lord. I just pray, Lord, that you will help me to to speak this word with with authority and compassion, Lord God. That I'll be able to articulate your heart through this story that you told 2,000 years ago. That there are timeless treasures that can speak into our life this morning. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Um, our, our, our kids are very different, um, as you may notice if you have children, very, very different with their tendencies. I've shared some of them with you guys, some of the eating habits that they have, some of the, the, the different work ethics that my kids have, uh, probably the starkest differences that my, my kids have, uh, particularly Jude and Lou. We don't really know what do. He's going to be, he's just cute right now, that's it. Uh, but, but Judah and Lily, uh, they are so stark in their differences in competitive sports. Anything competitive, competitive games, Judah is just happy to get whatever he receives. Lily, it's, it's like, like the Ricky Bobby method. If I'm not first, I'm last. And it has to be first in everything. And it's funny, Judah was playing t-ball uh, last year and and, and I remember uh, they had the game, and it was great. Everyone's drinking Capri Suns and eating, like, the orange peels. And we're, all the parents are there. The games take, like, two and a half hours to play, like, four innings. It's like watching paint dry, watching these kids play T-ball, but that's okay. Uh, and, and so af- after the game, uh, Judah comes over, and, and uh, we, we asked him, you know, great job. And he's like, man, I, I thought, I thought we, we won, but my coach said it was a tie. And, and, and Judah was kind of excited about, about a tie, now, I was always taught that, that a tie is like kissing your sister. Like, a tie is like the worst thing. Like, I'd rather lose than tie. But Judah was pumped about a tie. And then Lily was there, and Lily has the audacity to go to Judah No, you lost. I count, I was counting. They, 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 they got 10 points. You guys only got seven. You lost, Judah. Judah's like, No, coach said we tied. And Lily's like, Nope, nope, I counted. You lost, Judah. You lost, Lo- loser, lost. I'm like, Lily, what is it? Because she has just this way, it's hysterical, of getting under Judah's skin with these things because she's so competitive. And, and I think it's hysterical. Every uh, day I pick the kids up at the bus, 3.30. Uh, love Bruce. Shout out to Bruce, best bus driver in the world. So Bruce comes and, and he drops our kids off at of the bus. I got to go on the other side of the street to pick up the kids. And whenever the kids get off the bus, it, it's always a race. Race to the house. And, and Lily, the first thing she does, she doesn't say hi to me. She just drops her backpack, throws it to the side, and just goes full-on sprint to the front door. And, and Judah's, he's, Judah's got his backpack on, but Judah's faster than Lily. And, and so at very few times will, will Lily beat Judah. There are times where Lily will, like, trip Judah, or Judah will get distracted by, like, a rabbit in the front yard, and, like, Lily will pass them, something like that. Uh, but, but this is what, Lily's amazing. Lily runs, and then she, she checks where Judah is, and then she'll yell, first wins! First wins. And, and then she just rubs it in Judah's face. But then the times this is hysterical. When, uh, when, when Judah is, is in front of her, she looks up, last wins. Last wins. And and then, and then I'm at the door, like, because I'm super competitive too. So I'll, I'll be like there for like 15 minutes with Lily, like, last wins. Why don't you go in? And, and she'll wait at the door with me for 15 minutes to make sure that she wins. And, and, and then... She found out that there was scripture to validate her competitive drive when she found out that I was preaching on this text when Jesus said, the last shall be first and the first shall be last. And this parable, as I, as I read it, it's, it, it seems so anti-American in a lot of ways, anti-work like work ethic. Like this is a frustrating parable. This pair, like, like Jesus, you're paying the people that worked the least the most. That's frustrating. That is so, any, anyone ever been frustrated with God? Like, I know a lot of us, we have heard the term, uh, um, uh, God's not dead, right? God's not dead. He's surely alive. He's living on the Now in- No, nobody knows that song except me. That's okay. Uh, but, but this is one maybe you haven't heard. God's not fair. I, I mean, it, 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 it's just the way it is. Some people are born with more opportunity. Some people are born with, with more money. Some people are born with, with, with great hair, better hair. Like my, my, my son, best hair in the world. My wife had the audacity yesterday to take him get a haircut. I was not in agreement with this whatsoever. She came in walking in the doors. And I said, you have the spirit of Delilah all over you. Be gone in Jesus' name. You know? I mean, life is not fair. Some people are, are, are just, we're born different and, and it's so easy to look at life and, and say, life's not fair. Anyone ever said, life's not fair. The obstacles that I have to go through. It's, it's not fair what, what, when I look at the world and, and see what other people are blessed with or, or, or how evil some other people may be, and yet they seem like they're happier or more, or more blessed than I am. Life's not fair, and, and I'll, I'll never forget. I, I said this a lot when my father passed away age 66. He, he was a perfect picture of health, never smoked, never drank. He, he took care of himself. He loved people, loved God, and there he is at 66, dies of a heart attack, and I see people that are evil people smoke and drink their whole life and they live till 99. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm looking saying looking at these people saying life's not fair. Yeah. 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 Dad did everything that he was supposed to. You know, he was one of the good guys, if there is such a thing, and and, and yet life is not fair. And I wanna make the point that God's not fair either. How could you say that, Pastor Isaac, because it's all over this text. You read Matthew 20, says that there were five different groups of people that this landowner hired, and he went out early in the morning, and and, and actually had a contract with these guys and says, you work for me for 12 hours for the full day. I'll give you one, one, one denarius. And, and, and then he went and did that four other times. Every three hours, he went out and found more workers until finally the, 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 the ones that came at five o'clock, he found them and said, and said hey, do you guys need a job? And, and they said, yeah, sure. And, and, and then they went in and they didn't know what they were gonna get paid. They didn't even have a contract. The guys that, that started, they had a contract and all the other people, they were just like, all right, whatever. I'll go in and help you out, and whatever you think is right, pay us. And then at the end of the day, everything gets flipped, turned upside down. And it's not fair. I mean, that flies in the face of everything that we have been taught as Americans. You you have to work hard, and you get what you work for. But Jesus is saying, you want to know how my kingdom works? Because that's what he says. The, The first scripture in that passage says, The kingdom of God is like. It's not like the kingdom of this world. The kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom of God is not fair. Uh, And and so the people that got paid the first were the ones that worked the least, which totally is against culture. And it's funny. Jesus wanted. (laughs) I mean, if if Jesus paid the, the, the contract workers first, they would have never known what the other workers got, and they would have been totally fine. There would have been peace throughout the whole vineyard, but the landowner wanted to create conflict, it seems like. So he says, I'm going to create conflict and pay the people that just got here first, and, and so they, they, they walk up. They, they work like maybe a half an hour. They, they just went, went from the streets working a half an hour, and they get paid one denarius, and they're like, yes! Man, all... I'll be back here. You need anybody to work for you. I'll be here at the 11th hour. You know, I'm always good for a half an hour work. And then the other people, they, they, they were cool. They got their denarius. And, and, and then all of a sudden, the, the, the contract people at the beginning, they were probably like, sweet, I'm probably going to get paid more because I worked harder than all these fools. And then they get exactly what the other people got. What? That's not fair. Yeah. I know, but it's my money. It's my vineyard, and you're going to tell me what my generosity is doing to inflict pain on your heart? It's not fair, God. Sorry. It's not fair. God's not fair. God is just. Justice is rightness, which means that every crooked path will will be made straight. God is just, but God is not fair. See, when we think of of fairness— there's three things I, I, I think that come to our mind. First, when we think of, of, of fairness, we think of uh, sameness. We, we, we think of fairness as sameness. And so a few things that we say, when we want something to be fair, we'll, we'll say, number, number one, that's not fair because I want the same as them." You remember say, I, "I want the same as them. That's what fairness is. It's so funny, uh, this, this past year, we were so excited that we were going to tell the kids, we're going to take you to Delaware on, on, our, on our spring break. You're going to get to go to Delaware. And the kids were so excited until they found out that there was another girl in their class that was going to Hawaii. And they're like, I hate Delaware. No. And they're like, either we want them to all go to Delaware like us, or we want to go to Hawaii like them. We want the same. Same. We, that, that, that's what every, we want everybody to have the same. but if you just look around, you realize that God is not in the same. God is in the differences. That is why every single one of us we, we, we have different. Fingerprints. We look different. We act different. We have different tendencies. We have, we have we have different gifts. We have different roles. We have different talents. God is not in to sameness. God is in to differences. And our problem is that we don't embrace the differences that God has put inside our heart and inside our soul. And we want everything to be the same. I want the same gifting as that person. And that is why a lot of times we are so frustrated is because we are trying to produce apples when God has created us to be an orange tree. And, and so we, we look at other people with jealousy, but God says, I made you to be an apple tree. You'll, you'll never be satisfied until you, you embrace who you are. And it's not the same. And that's totally cool. And I'm good with that. But a lot of us, we still struggle with that. I, like I know in my life, I have to embrace sometimes my weaknesses. And, and a lot of times I used to feel bad for the fact that I had no idea how to, you know, how, how to fix a, a bike chain. Or, 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 or someone would say, it happened a, a, about a, a few months ago, uh, how do you, you got to turn your water off. And I'm like, I don't know how to turn my water off. Where's the shutoff switch? I turned the, the, the gas off. I turned the power off. I turned everything. Thing off except the water in the house. And finally, I had to call Anthony McGarrett to come over and do one thing to shut the water off. And, but you know what? I may not be good with with a Phillips head. I might not be good with, with a lot of things. But if you give me a microphone, yeah. and, and see... I have to be okay with my weaknesses, but God has gifted me in a different way than he's gifted you, and that's okay. But you'll never feel fruitful until you embrace the the tree that God has created you to be. And the second thing we, a lot of times, will complain about, it's not fair because I deserve. It's not fair. I deserve. Me as a human being, I, I, I deserve. This is what we all say and, and, and a lot of times subconsciously believe, I deserve. And there are some things that, that every one of you, you feel entitled to. I deserve this. And, and a lot of them are just simple things. I, I deserve, I'm entitled to, to, to fresh air. I'm entitled to To an opportunity to have a job. I'm entitled to respect. I'm entitled to clean water. I'm I'm entitled to 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 have respect shown to me. I'm entitled to these things. And yes, every single person in every single country should have every single one of those things. And a lot of times when we say the word entitled, you say, Oh, you're preaching to so-and-so. No, I'm preaching to you, sir. I'm preaching to you, ma'am. Because every one of us have this spirit dwelling inside of us, and yes, those are all good things, but this is what happens, is whenever you feel entitled to something, you can never be grateful for that. I'll say that one more time. Whenever you feel entitled to anything, you can never be grateful for that. So every single one of us, when we wake up in the morning, if you feel entitled to the breath in your lungs, then you're not going to be grateful for it. If you feel entitled to the refrigerator that that stores your milk and stores your eggs when you make that breakfast every single morning, you're not going to be able to be grateful for it. If you feel entitled to the job that you have because I'm qualified and and I deserve it, then you're never going to be able to be thankful for it. But in the name of Jesus, that spirit of entitlement that is on every single one of us, be broken in Jesus' name so that I could wake up every single morning and say, God, I don't deserve it, but I have it this morning. I I have this gifting I have this ability I have this car to drive I have this family to be able to father I have this chance to be able to change the world with these gifts that you've given me I'm not entitled I don't deserve it but I'm going to embrace it and be thankful for it I believe that that's one of the reasons why we live in the most narcissistic depressed time that we've ever been associated with it's not the high you know fructose corn syrup that's made us like that, I think it's the fact that we have this entitlement spirit on every single one of us, and we can't be thankful for it anymore. Be gone in Jesus' name. Spirit of gratitude, get a hold of me. And the third thing that we say when we talk about God's not fair or life's not fair is, I expect it. It's not fair because I expected. I, I I expected the fact that that I'm a good person and I, I, I work hard and, 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 and I I I mow my own lawn and I fix all my divots on the golf course and I and, and I I I expected to get that promotion. And then hateful Henry, who, who, who is a horrible person, lies about everything, is an, is an alcoholic, is, is a mean person, and, and I'm over here doing what I'm supposed to do, going to church. I'm tithing, and, and I'm generous. I fix chains for people, little, little ladies that have no idea how to ride a bike, you know, in, in Asbury Park. And, and here I am, and I get looked over, and I expected to get that promotion I expected to get that opportunity I expected this but I've got news for you God 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 loves your expectations yes okay he loves them but he is not a slave to your expectations he's not oh oh you expect I'm I'm so sorry I'm so sorry. Let me change my whole plan for, for your life, what I created you for, because, you know, a very few people, you know, say, man, I love God. Why do you love God? Because he always meets my expectations. Said Christians, never. Because God is not going to appease your expectations of how he should move in your life. So, so where are we here? We're we're looking at this text of these five different groups. And when I say, which group are you? Do you consider yourself to be the, 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 the all-day people, the contract people, the hard-working people? Or do you associate yourself with the, the 11th hour people, the guys that just get in by the skin of their teeth and, 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 and they, they, they're just lucky to be there and, and they've been lazy all day and, and they, they just pop up? Because I think for me personally, when I first read this story, I kind of associated myself with the first group, I'll be honest, like that, 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 that's my, that's my group, because I feel I'm, I'm I'm a pretty good person a lot of the time, not perfect, but I'm, I'm pretty good, and, and, and I work hard, and, and I, I do what I'm asked to do, and, and, and yeah, I got some issues, but I'm better than most people, and, and so I, I feel when I read this story, I feel jaded a lot of times because I'm not getting what, what is fair to me. And, and I feel like that's where the majority of you guys are is you, you, you may associate yourself with that first group. I'm the, I'm the hard worker. I'm, I'm the one that's, that, that, that's doing good works. And, and, and God, you should see what I'm doing. But God is looking down and saying, I, I see what you're doing. But, but this is the thing. And this is why this story can be so frustrating is because when you have a contract with God, because the only people that had a contract were the, were the early morning people. When you have a contract with God, you get what you deserve. And, and I want to say to somebody, if, if that's the way you want to live life, if you want to live life based on a contract and based on a law that, that I'm, I want to get what I deserve, I want to tell you, tear that contract up right now. Because if you say, I want to live life and get what I deserve, then you're going to get what you deserve. But, but I, I believe that what this story is trying to articulate to us is, is that I need to associate myself with the 5 p.m. crew that I'm a 5 p.m. crew, that that I'm just happy to be here. I'm just happy to have the opportunity to serve God. And, and you pay me whatever you think. You give me whatever you want to give me. I'm just happy to be here. So if, if I got to serve in the vineyard and I don't get anything in return, I'm good with that because, God, you don't have to do another thing for me. What you have already done, given me this opportunity, is all I really want. But yet, it is so difficult for us to, to do that because some some of us we're not just happy to be here. Like some people come into church, check this church out. Music's all right. Girls got holes in her pants though. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't know. You know. Uh, uh, you know I had the video pop up a little bit too soon. You know. Uh, you know. But but preaching's real good. Preacher, you know, pretty good. Solid solid preacher. <laughs> you know. Maybe not as exegetical as I'd like, but I, I could deal with the preaching, you know, pretty good. How long is he going to go? Forty minutes? Eh. I think he should preach a little longer. I mean, God, Jesus died. Not so you just preach for 40 minutes, but you could just go on and on. I, you know. And then and that's, that's how a lot of us come into church, you know. <sighs> He's not even really that funny today. <laughs> that story was so stupid. How many times did he talk about his kids? Oh, my gosh to had it with this church? You know, and then there's somebody that's just like, holy cow, this church is amazing. All are welcome to the in here? Oh, my God. And, and, and people aren't going to judge me or look at me like, like, like I could get down with this. And, and it, it's so funny. After, after service, uh, I, I remember a couple weeks ago, a guy came up to me, new to the faith, and, 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 and he's like, man, that, that, was, that was the best expletive sermon I've ever heard. And, you know, we got to work on that, yeah. But, but that's the heart of somebody that says, I'm just happy to be here. Like, like, I don't even deserve to be in church. I thought when I came to church that the roof was going to collapse on me, and I'm here, and nobody's, like, like that's the kind of life I want to live. And so often we get so familiar with church and with God that, that it becomes now, I, I, I deserve something from you, God. Look how long. I've been here. Remember, I had an opportunity 2012, I was 27 years old, to, to have lunch uh, at the, the governor's mansion. Uh, it, was, it was right during Hurricane Sandy and had all these dignitaries from all over the state, and I don't know how I got invited. You know, I have no idea. Uh, still to this point, I have no idea, but I got the invitation and, and it was accurate. It wasn't a mistake. I got there. Everybody is like dignitaries, and there's me, 27 years old, and, and I didn't even know how to dress. So I, I, I dressed for like business casual and like, like super dressed up. Like I had both outfits in my car. I went with a business casual walk in, and, and, and everybody was like complaining about all this stuff. Food was this. I didn't like this. I was like, this is amazing. You could feed me whatever you want. Like, I don't, des- I don't even know. Everybody's like twice my age. You know, I'm, I'm like giddy in a candy store. Like, this place is amazing. There's Governor Christie. Wow. You know, <laughs> this is before Bridgegate, you know, when everybody liked him. <laughs> and, and, and I was just like happy to be there. And, and I feel like God is trying to show us that's the way I want you to live for the rest of your life. Don't ever get to a place where you think you earned it, you deserved it, now you're on a next level. You're a contract worker for God. I, I mean, a lot of us, we're, we, we become that first group. And I'm so thankful. I read stories and I hear about this, this guy in the, the New Testament. His name was the Apostle Paul. If anybody was a first group guy, it was the Apostle Paul. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He knew the, the, the Old Testament probably by heart. He knew the Torah, had it memorized. He was he was next to Jesus, was like the holiest guy uh, that who ever lived. I, I mean, he, he would get stoned for preaching Jesus and then walk back into the same city that just stoned him. This was a bad man for Jesus. People looked up to him. And and in his last dying breath, when he was about to, to to die serving Christ, he's writing a letter to Timothy and he says. To to Timothy, I would think he would say, man, I I deserve a a, a good way out here. I've done good for God. I'm I'm one of the good guys. It's not what he says. He says, this is a trustworthy saying. Look at this. Jesus Christ came into this world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. I'm a a 5 p.m. by the skin of my teeth guy. And that's how Paul was able to live like a Philippians chapter four, verse four life where he was able to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice because I'm in a prison for preaching Jesus, but I'm not gonna feel sorry for myself because I'm the worst. I'm a sinner saved by grace. Anything God gives me, I'm going to be happy for. And my God, that's the life I want to live. God, whatever you give me, whatever my lot is in life, whatever challenges I face, I'm going to have a posture in my heart, not of I deserve better, but of gratitude. God, I didn't deserve the breath in my lungs this morning. And even though I'm in a valley season and I'm crying and I'm sad, the posture of my heart is forever thankful for the opportunity that you have given me. I mean, what if we all lived that way? People wouldn't look at Christians the way they do today, think they're better than everybody else. We're not. I'm just as bad as anybody else. No, you're not. Yeah, Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me so much, he sent his only son to die for me. Yes, but but if it wasn't for that, I'm the worst. I deserve, see, oh, you, you want what's fair? I, I, God's not fair. Thank God he's not. Because if he was, man, I I would have no hope for eternal life. I'd have no forgiveness. I'd be on my own strength down here. That's what's fair. Did you guys hear what I just said? (laughs) Sometimes I feel like I don't even need a microphone. But I just like holding it. It makes me feel good. (laughs) I think the biggest problem that we face isn't the owner of the vineyard. That's not our biggest problem. Our biggest problem are the other workers. The other workers that, you know, we come in, 5 p.m. workers come in, and and they look at us like, how did you get in here? (laughs) I've been working here since, since 6 a.m. Do you even know what you're doing? No, man, I don't know what I'm doing. What are we doing? Picking grapes? Oh, okay, I can do that. No, that's not how you pick grapes. I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. I just, I, you know, I'm, I'm here. And, and that, that's the problem. It's not the, it's not the owner of the vineyard. It's the, it's the 6 a.m. people that are so mad that they're not the same as them yet, that they've been shown so much mercy. And they're getting just as much as me. How awesome is the grace of God. <laughs> Mr. Superstar Christian been saved for 25 years. You haven't had a drink in 30 years. You haven't said a bad word in 10 years. Nobody on the front row, of that. I've heard them. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. And guess what? Jesus loves that guy that's walking in here this morning that has been living their life so selfishly, loves them the same. And I am totally cool with that. I am totally cool with going to the same heaven that somebody that gets in in the last minute of their dying breath. That that when I get to heaven, I'm not gonna be looking, oh, 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 you got in here? How did you get in here? My God, that's you. You're probably gonna be the one going downstairs. But I'm gonna get in by the skin of my teeth. Just like you. How awesome is our God. God's not fair. And thank God he's not. Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads. God, I thank you so much for this amazing grace that we get to receive, Lord God. That it is better than we think it is. That I, I, I am not, <laughs> God, I, I, I deserve the worst. God, I pray that I will be removed from this perspective of, of I want to get what I deserve. That I, I deserve more. It's not fair. They, they got more than me. God, I'm just happy for the opportunity. The people that that came in at 5 o'clock in the vineyard, they didn't care what anybody else got. They were just thankful for what they got. God, I pray that I will live from that place, that I... I won't live this life of comparison, like like how dare God give them more than me, or or, or how could that person be blessed more than me, or, or how could they get that opportunity and me get passed over? God, I pray that we will live with an attitude of gratitude every single day, with every blessing that we have, with every breath in our lungs, with every step that we take, with every car that we're able to drive, with every bed that we're able to sleep in every single night, Lord God, that we won't feel entitled to it, Lord God, but we will have a posture of gratitude that I don't deserve it but I've been given it and if you want to bless somebody else, praise God. I know mine's coming but God, even if it doesn't come, the attitude of my heart is going to be thankfulness that you don't have to do another thing for me. But I was standing outside that vineyard with no purpose, doing nothing with my life and you called my name and say, hey, you, you, want, a, you want a job in my vineyard? You want a place in my, in my kingdom? What do I got to do? Just show up. And I showed up, God, if you don't do another thing for me, I'm just happy to be a part of your kingdom and your vineyard. Whatever you want to give me, it's cool with me, God. It's all gravy. If you're in here this morning and you want to experience that amazing grace, and maybe you're one of those workers, you're outside the vineyard and feel like, in a lot of ways, your life has no purpose. Yeah, maybe you you have a career, but you don't know why you have a career. You don't know why God put you on this earth. This morning, as you receive Jesus in your heart, suddenly, spiritual eyes can begin to open and see your life, see your past from a new perspective. How can I have that? How can I have this forgiveness, this amazing grace? It's not something that you earn or deserve. But all it comes through is to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Just say this prayer together. Dear Jesus, thank you for your grace, for your forgiveness for choosing me to be a part of your kingdom. I believe in you, that you died on the cross for me and gave me a life I never deserved. Thank you that you're not fair. And I'm forgiven. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give the Lord a big hand clap, if you would, this morning. So so when you go to work or you're putting something on on social media, just put something, God's not fair. Just wait for what people say. And then you preach this sermon back to them, all right? And bring them here next week because it's going to be better next week. God bless you guys. Have an awesome, awesome Sunday. And know that you don't deserve it, but you get to walk in it. God bless you all.